we're back with another fun episode of the Do the Woo podcast, episode number 150, 150, Bob, 150 episodes. That is quite an achievement, honestly. Yeah, that is. I, I you know, it's, it's, um, we had the big thing on the 100 and then we're 150 now. And yeah, it's, um, you know, there's time flies. Yeah, there's certain marker shows, you know, you hit that, well, the first show is a, a, a marker show, right? The first one you get out the door is always the hardest, <laughs> 50, 100, 150. I mean, it's impressive. Most podcasts, most podcasts don't get past 10, let alone 100 and 150. So um, right. just kind of speaks to your dedication, I think, to the to the show, to the community, um, to the info. Yeah. And you've been, hey, you've been here since almost episode three or four, I think. Something Somewhere like that, there. yeah. So you, but I haven't been on 150. No, you haven't. You know, and you probably been on a few. You probably thank God hand. every day for that. So, <laughs> well, we got a lot of additional co-hosts that bring really cool uh, perspectives and interesting, um, you know, conversation to the show. So it's, I think it's really, really cool the way you've grown it and gotten a, a collaboration of of interesting people to to host this show, not just me and you. <laughs> so, so I appreciate that, but. With uh, so with 150, it's a big show, right? So we got a big guest. So we're excited about, it. and let's bring him on, Mr. Steve Sear. Uh, welcome to the show. Hello, hey Brad, hey Bob. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations on uh, show number 150. Something went wrong. I don't think my my cake turned up and uh, it wasn't delivered. <laughs> no, to mine didn't either. So. Oh man, what yeah. happened? <laughs> What what shipping extension were you using, Bob? Where's it at? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know it's sad. Um, is I, I blame it on the you know the supply chain right now. Cakes are in <laughs> short supply. <laughs> cakes are in high demand. I agree. We need more cakes in the world. Uh, yeah. Well, Steve, when we bring people on the show, we always like to kind of ask them what you know. How'd you get started WordPress, and how do you how do you do the woo? Yeah. Okay. Well, how I got started with WordPress that's quite a long a long story. If we want to go back, so I've been a I've been a software engineer. For many years, um, and at one stage, I was working uh, on a PHP interpreter that there wasn't the there wasn't the um, the open source one. I was working at IBM. We we created our own PHP interpreter written in Java, so we had to test it out on on various popular apps. And WordPress is one of the ones we tested it out on. So that's my first usage of of WordPress, and I got quite interested in in it then. It's one of the more interesting starts I've heard. That's for sure. Uh, I know. Yeah, get, well, quite... I wanted a blog. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> I really came at it from the from the, the very back end of it, and then so I, so I knew WordPress, and then you know how it is. F- friends and family always want want websites, and, and if you're technical at all, they say, right, do me a website. So I I, I did a few, and then uh, I saw Automatic were were hiring, and it looked pretty interesting. An interesting software engineering role and, and went from there so i've been working with uh with wordpress at automatic for seven years now that's awesome and officially you're an engineering lead automatic right and you work on a number of uh, different products it seems like that's your focus uh within within the automatic umbrella that's right so i'm in uh i, I work on jetpack uh and i lead um the jetpack product team so that's as a as a customer you'll you'll use either jetpack the plugin or perhaps some uh, some of the smaller products like Jetpack Boost, which is a standalone thing, some other things. So the teams that develop those products, uh, I, I lead all those teams. Very cool. Very cool. And, and in terms of we're talking a little bit of the pre-show, and one of the 
fun things about what you work on being Jetpack, it's not just exclusive to WooCommerce. So we have a lot of, you know, WooCommerce developers, creators, product um, builders on this show. And obvi- as for obvious reasons, they, they are solely focused on in the WooCommerce space. But what's interesting about Jetpack is it, it brings a lot to the table for WordPress across the board, WooCommerce or otherwise. Um, but specifically this show, we like to talk about WooCommerce. So maybe we can even dig into some of the some of the areas of Jetpack that really do um, can really enhance, you know, WooCommerce out of the box. Yeah, so, um, you know, some of the products we work on are completely generic, like Jetpack Scan was really for any WordPress site. Uh, but some of the products are more more WooCommerce focused, you know, where probably WooCommerce uses us some of our best customers, I would say. So if we think of something like Jetpack Search, uh, which indexes all your content and uses Elasticsearch on the back end, gives you a very powerful and fast instant search. If you've got a store, a WooCommerce store, you probably really want um, your search to be working well. Um, so when developing that product, we, we really have to look at WooCommerce users uh, as, a, as a, one of our best examples and the best use cases we have. So we've really recently tried to focus a lot more on on WooCommerce. So we've added in um, products, product indexing, images. We, it's got a nice responsive um, search display um had quite a lot of fun trying to make prices work properly prices are quite hard uh there's lots of ways to discount products it's hard to get that into the search and index straight away so it's been a challenge but like i said i think you know if you have a store and if you've got um your business on a store uh search is probably one of the most important things you need yeah, I mean that's I think any like you said any store owner would probably agree. And right on the website uh, of the search sec- section of Jetpack, it, it mentions e-commerce and, and links out to an article in a study that shows that basically if someone uses search, they're they're twice as likely to purchase. Um, so if they hit your search, they're twice as likely to buy something from you. You and if that those search results are very relevant <laughs> and very curated to what they're looking for. Um, I'm sure that goes up even higher, right? So now they found what they're looking for, give them a nice checkout process and you've just made a customer. So um, I think it's, I, I absolutely agree. It's its crazy important. Like how many times when you go to a new store on a website, where do you start? Maybe in the category section, if you know kind of really what you're looking for, but generally you probably start at the search box, just like most people do on Amazon, right? right? Yeah. And start drilling into it. So um so yeah, I highly recommend Jetpack Search or some other search way you know beyond just the default WordPress WooCommerce search, which you know does return results. <laughs> but we don't know how. I wouldn't say they're always the most accurate, right, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when you have you know you want that little bit of more refinement and control over the search, where you know you have a lot of different content and some of it's like nobody really needs to see that content anymore, especially dated content and stuff that comes up. And and like just boosting based off of like information specific to your site, right? Like if, if you have products that sell way more than other products, you probably want to make sure those are showing up in, in most result pages because they're clearly what people are looking for. Um, even if they're not getting the term exactly right. So, you know, searches, I, I ran an e-commerce store, you know, it's been a while ago before web dev, um, I was director of IT and it's search is one of those things. Like it was, it was, it was my nightmare because of how particular we were trying to make it. It was just an endless battle to get it correct. And it's, it's a difficult one to win, I think, but tools like this could definitely elevate it. Yeah. What kind of tech were you using to get that search going? 
We were using a uh, a system. I want to say it was called like Epicor or something. It was like this highly indexable search. It was what it was, you know, we're talking 15, 20 years ago when the cloud environments didn't exist. You know, even Google was selling hardware to put in your rack to index your e-commerce site. And it would be a physical server that Google sold you um, when now like you would never, you know, most people would never do that. That's crazy talk. You just fire up a, a cloud based service or something like Jetpack search and away you go, you know. And configure it from there. So it's it's just a different, you know, technology's changed for the better, of course. Um, yeah. But being able to really uh, configure that search, really kind of boost priority based on your store, based on what's working in your data, um, that can have massive effect on conversions. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's one of the most fun things to work on as a, as as Jetpack because it search relies on just some of the core parts of Jetpack. So Jetpack Sync, which does the the real time changes and drives the indexing. It's the search is only as good as as that sync, right? So, and that's quite an interesting technical challenge. If you think of um, sort of high traffic sites or busy sites, that's a lot of sync events that need to be uh, come over in real time and indexed. So, you know, working on that, there's there's a few people dedicated just to work on sync, and that that powers some other technology and some other products as well. So it's a lovely example of where you can improve and improve something, and all the Jetpack suite of products benefits from that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. The other one I know you highlighted was around backups, which something anyone in technology um, that knows what they're doing should always be harping about backups because we all know how important backups are, right? It'd be the, you know, the worst day in the in your world if, if your website were to go down and and you didn't have backups and not just backups, but really real time backups. Um, right. When you're talking to an e-commerce store, you can't lose any data. Like you can't. You know, you can't lose a client record that they paid you money. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. So, yeah, even if you're low, tra- you know, low traffic store, low sales store, you still need some type of a backup strategy. Because if you lose orders, if you lose, you know, transactions, you lose product inventory, um, you're going to have a bad time. You know, so um, I point to Jetpack backup quite a bit because it's, it's just an easy, no hand, you know, hands off solution. Like turn it on, let it go real time real-time restore, like a quick restore, you know, it's a great solution for backups. Yeah, and it's, an, it's another great example of where uh, working closely with WooCommerce really helps that backup solution because, again, it's powered by Jetpack Sync. Um, and we know which which of the sync events are important for in terms of the WooCommerce store. So things like orders and products, um, when you when you do a restore back to any point in time, we'll always replay the the orders on top. Um, so you you never lose an, a WooCommerce order. Um, and we can do that because we, we know how the product works and work closely with it. Um, so it, it's a good choice for WooCommerce users. Yeah, and that's, that's actually a really good example because you're right. If you were just to restore back from, say, last Friday, every order in a traditional just restore, like, you know, restore your database back to what it was, that snapshot, you would lose every order from you know, when that snapshot was taken until you, you did the restore. Um, but Jetpack doesn't do just a snapshot, right? Like you said, it brings over the snapshot data, but then it has some smarts where it brings over the any additional orders that have been made. Is that roughly how it works? It, yeah, it, 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 it always, re- if you've got real-time backups, we always replay. We don't even give you the choice. We, we always replay any orders on top of the, the snapshot that you that you backed up to. And we we... We looked into this a little bit recently. We did some user research, actually, with quite a few um, WooCommerce users specifically. And, and a- we just asked them straight out, what do you expect will happen if you 
if you restore to this point in time. And I think they all just naturally assumed that any kind of restore would, would um, give them their important customer information and orders up to the recent time. They didn't, and if we pushed them a little bit more and they thought about it more, then they started to get worried um, that, yeah, if you restore back to a snapshot, just with just a snapshot backup, you probably lose mm-hmm. all the recent stuff. So uh, we, were, we were wondering whether to make it an option and maybe we'll in the future, but everyone, everyone we spoke to just was comfortable with that being the default. We right. just restore all your orders up to the present time. Yeah, because it seems like you can't really predict, you know, if you if you start trying to think like, you know, what would I need to restore or whatever, then you probably at some point you're going to say, oh, man, I should have really thought this way. So it seems like it's good. You're kind of thinking for them and just saying, here is everything rather than pick and choose. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure someone could come up with the scenario where they they want the snapshot and they don't want the orders, right? Like there's some kind of scenario where maybe they got, you know, hacked and someone was, you know, just submitting a bunch of fake orders or something that was just garbage and they had to, you know, so there's always going to be that. Yeah, that's there's always a scenario to, you know, to fit that. But the question is, like, what percentage of people would care about that? It's probably very small. (laughs) It's probably very edge case, right? Yeah, it's perhaps, you know, it's a power user case and i think because of that we will we will add the option in the future but at the moment the default is just what most people would expect and need so this and this is a good if you're listening now and you're wondering well we're not using jetpack we use something else you know spend a few minutes and make sure that what does this restore process look like with whatever backup system you're using is it an actual snapshot that happens once a day once a week once a month or is it where you would restore and you know keep those all orders and it would just restore everything else or not, you know, you really need to understand what that looks like. And honestly, even do a dry run, like on a staging site someday or dev site, just, just to make sure you truly understand the process, right? Um, if something were to happen, because you don't want to be trying to figure out how to do that the day your site goes down and the day you need that restore and fumbling through it, you want to have already done it, a dry run. So you feel comfortable, like, yep, it restored what I expected. It worked. Everything's there. This is approximately how long it took us. And now you have a really good plan if that rainy day ever comes. And you'll sleep better because of it. So I, I definitely encourage everyone listening to just evaluate their backup strategy and make sure it's good. There's nothing worse than losing data, you know, professionally, personally, period. Like losing data, important information is the worst feeling in the world because it's so preventable and cheap. Honestly, I mean, it's not that expensive to back up stuff these days. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, work, working in backups, uh, I find you can you can only talk to people about backups, n- not in a time of crisis. Um, so you just have to sort of bring it into conversation like now and then, you know, have you got working? Cause if, if you try and say, if they have some drama or some crisis and you say, well, you should have had backups. It's just like sure. the conversation. Take- <laughs> That's the last thing you want to hear. <laughs> you just can't, you just can't go there. They already know they should have had backups. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, it's good to, it's good to take the opportunity now to remind, remind people. Yeah. Yeah, just um, it, so the, so the larger question, and, and this is one I'm sure you get all the time, and it comes up a lot, which is about Jetpack, and just there's a lot going on in Jetpack, right? There's a lot of products, a lot of features. It's, I mean, I can remember when Jetpack first launched. It's been a long time now, but I remember when it first launched, um, and kind of the longer term vision and thinking about where it was then and where it's at now. You know, it's it's big. It's a big it's a big product. There's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of good stuff here, uh, but not everybody needs this. So the big question is. Um, is it too much? Like, is, is there too much in Jetpack? If I only need one or two of these features, like if I only wanted search, is Jetpack 
still the option I should look at? And I, I think it's important that we, we ask these questions so that, you know, Steve, you and other devs um, can answer them. So to keep people current, because things have changed. And I think even more so than maybe I've realized in the past few years around Jetpack. So they could just speak to that, like the, the, the idea of Jetpack being bloated or there's too much. If I only want to, you know, cherry pick a couple, a couple features, is it still a good option for me? Yeah, I, it's a really good question because it's, it's something we've always heard, you know, at, at conferences and just chatting with, with users and customers. The, the, the bloated thing comes up and we've, you know, we've addressed it in various ways. Oh, you can, you can turn everything off and so on. So you're only using the, the piece you need. But I think over time we found that even, even for ourselves uh, as engineers or, or product developers, it's, too mu- it's been too much to think about in, in one go, right? Jetpack is such a big thing. It does so many things. It's hard to um, set priorities. It's hard to split things up. It's, it's hard to set goals for ourselves when things are so large like that. So I think yeah, even for ourselves, we've had to grapple with this. And uh, I think it's fair to say things are changing. So I feel customers want to solve specific problems. Partners of ours, even like hosting partners, they they would much rather think about specific problems to solve. And designers and engineers like to think in, in terms of specific problems. And teams as well like to work on single things so we have been trying to split things up recently so jetpack boost which is a plugin we launched uh, a while back um, which improves the performance of your site by doing some um, things with critical css so it splits up css serves the critical parts at first that's completely standalone um, jetpack backup there's now a standalone plugin uh, that you can use if you want so if you want backups, you can use the full Jetpack plugin. If you just want backups, you can use the, the standalone Jetpack backup plugin. Um, and it's been an interesting engineering journey. It's forced us to split up all the different parts of, of Jetpack into different libraries. And we're going through the same with the, the front end parts of it as well. Everything needs to be split up. And I think we're, we're starting to see the benefits now. Um, WooCommerce will see the benefits as well because um, you may know that it's Jetpack that powers um, the connection to automatic service for some WooCommerce uh, extensions. And also the WooCommerce apps use Jetpack as well. And that that connection part can be split into a, a smaller library now. And I think we'll start to see uh, anything Woo-related that uses Jetpack take the smallest possible Jetpack part that will work and just use that. So the Jetpack plugin probably won't be a, a prerequisite for these things um, sometime soon. So do you think there will always be the Jetpack plugin and then you can, well, I shouldn't say always because that's a big word, but at least in the near future, you will have the option. And as you bring out some of these single pieces, of course, then you have that option to run those without having to use Jetpack as a bigger plugin. Yeah, it's a good question. I, th- I think I certainly for, for the, the near future, we'll always have the, the full plugin uh, you know, because as soon as you get to the point of needing one or two parts of Jetpack, you may as well just have one one plugin that does it all to maintain. But um, I think you'll certainly be able, we'll see that you'll certainly be able to build up the part, just the parts you need in individual plugins, and there'll be a good uh, user flow for for doing that. So as soon as you um, have one part of Jetpack, it'll be very easy to add add little bits in, and there'll be a coherent whole. 
So, you know, for most users, whether they're using some parts or the whole plugin, it probably won't make much difference to them as long as they have the bits that they need. Yeah, I, I definitely like that approach. I think from my perspective, um, Jetpack's always been interesting. And to your point of, well, you know, you can go in and turn things on and off. And I think, you know, most of us understand that. The challenge is without really going under the hood, nobody knows unless you're, you know, Steve, a dev that, you know, lives this stuff. We don't really know what happens when something's off versus on, right? So the assumption would be, yeah, if it's off, you know, things aren't loaded. It's more performant that way. Um, but without truly going in under the hood, we're just kind of making assumptions or, or assuming that, and especially as more power users, um, certainly at the audience of this show too. We like to know what's going on. Like we need to know if certain things are running or not, or if that's off, is it truly running? I still, I don't even trust my phone. Like, do I need to close all these apps? Or are they like burning, you know, <laughs> are they using my battery up? Like, I don't think they are, but maybe they're, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a perception thing sometimes. Um, so, so I like that because I, I'm, I'm a big fan of keep things like the plugins very um, focused on solving a problem. Um obviously try to keep the total plugins down as much as possible and just try to keep sites as performant as possible. So we're very keen and, and keep a close eye on what we add to sites and make sure there's a very specific reason. If there's a lot of other stuff going on, we have to be sure that it's not running and causing problems elsewhere. Cause that could just be a big headache for us and our clients. So I like the dual prong approach there of breaking some of these out. Um, still having a larger one. Cause ultimately if you're a, if you're a beginner and you're just getting going, especially jetpack is a massive value to you, you know, huge value just to install and, and use some of those tools that are free, you know? So I, I still think it's a good product, but I like the approach of some things breaking out, you know? Yeah. And it's been, you know, it's been good, a good fun, fun challenge as well. Um, quite an engineering effort to, to split everything up. And that, I think you find as you go through that process uh, of carving things up into just individual pieces that do just those, that thing you need, um, you can solve a lot of problems in, uh, you know, solve a lot of complexity. When when you have one kind of monolithic whole, a lot of things are tied together. Um, you start to lose track of how things work. So making things smaller, more focused parts is always a good exercise. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of it now, but it's a good challenge. Yeah, might even might even improve overall just, you know, efficiency around building out new features and, re and releases. Once you've kind of figured out how that flows and how you separate them out and, and the dust settles from that initial separation. But um, like you said, a big code base is it's it takes longer and it's harder to ship stuff, just like WordPress is a massive code base. So, it you know, it takes a while for releases to come out and they got to be really well tested because they're used by so much. Just like Jetpack is used, you know, one of the top plugins, active plugins for all of WordPress. So. Um, yeah, when you're shipping, you know, a million lines of code versus 10,000, very different games, <laughs> very different testing rollout strategies. That's right. If you're, if you're a team of engineers, you'd, you'd much rather be working on one, one focused thing that does one, that solves one problem well, and then you can really prioritize, think about it, release it when you want, um, design it how you like. Yep. Hey, Bob WP here, and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Woo. When it comes to building Woo sites for your clients, everyone has their own strengths. If you need help with your clients' conversions and revenue, the team at ModeEffect can be a part of your strategy to help your clients avoid the hassle of management and training. Partner up with ModeEffect and let them help you keep your clients running smoothly in the long run at ModeEffect.com. Now, if you're looking for that right plugin for your client's Woo shop, chances are Yith will have what you are looking for. With over 100 plugins, I'm sure you will find that sweet spot. 
For example, their memberships and subscription plugin is perfect for selling videos, courses, lessons, consultancies, by restricting more access to member only and creating recurring income. To complement that plugin, the YIT dynamic pricing allows you to create your own Amazon Prime like benefits and discounts for your members. Visit yetthemes.com to check out their extensive collection of plugins. And now let's head back to the show. From the user's side with Jetpack, are there, I guess, I, I don't know if I'm not going to, I think they used to be called modules, but you know, the different pieces to the plugin. Are there ones that are used more consistently than others? Because I know I've had, I think I've had Jetpack on my site forever and I've always turned things off and on as needed. And that's been one of the beauties of it. I can, you know, oh, I need this now or, oh, I don't need this. And some of them, of course, are very, you know, content specific. And if you want to do like related posts, things like that. But I don't even know if you just, you, if there's any way of you knowing if a lot of people are like me, where they're constantly turning things off and on or is, are pretty much people set it and let it sit. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think that's the the, the trouble. For, just from the user perspective, it's not it's not a great experience to have to turn individual modules on and off, right? I think I think people are comfortable with the, the plugin architecture, and if you want something working on your site, you get a plugin that does it, and you and you, and you activate it. People, that that's more natural. That's the way WordPress works, um, and it's always you know it 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 always has been a problem for us because Jetpack does so many things. It's been hard to, to, you know, what what do our customers really want? What what do they value in in Jetpack? And you know, we know some things. We know that the backup is is very popular, and people will pay money for that. That people really value backup and, and security scanning. But yeah, but other than that, with so many things like you know, so many little uh, very useful features, the publicized features and things like that, I think pe- people it's much better to let people search for that as an individual part, not some little module as part of a huge, huge jetpack. And then, then we get real insight into what people are searching for and using. Now we're going to let you take advantage and ask us, you know, Brad works with clients all the time. I mean, he's, he's out in the space a lot and I'm, you know, I've worked with a lot of users and listened to a lot of stuff. So I don't know if there's any, any burning questions you that we could answer for you as far as from the other side of it. I am interested in uh, how the, because Jetpack powers the, the mobile apps. I'm interested in, you know, what, what people think about those, how they're doing, uh, perhaps what people would like to see in those apps. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't use, I don't use the mobile app, honestly. Um, and most of our clients don't, that I'm aware of primarily because we kind of have two, like we have large enterprise clients and they have very specific workflows and mo- the mobile app, you know, that's just not going to be an option. Um, and then we have kind of more SMB and medium sized clients. So I think the medium size is where um, that would probably make the most sense, but by and large, I'm not really, I'm not really connected into the app. I don't use it much, honestly. Interesting. So I'm, I'm always desktop browser login. Like I, when I, when I work, when I write content and stuff, I need to be at my computer and that's how I focus, like trying to do something mobile for me to use something on mobile. It would be more like jot down an idea and save it as a draft or something, which I use like notes and stuff for that. So, yeah. Um, 
but I'm just not where I'm going to be mobile, like actually writing or, 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 you know, moderating my site or anything like that. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, the, the family members of mine who, who have, have businesses on, on WooCommerce stores, uh, I, I noticed that the rest of their life is entirely mobile phone based. And then they do have to fall back to, to a laptop to do the WooCommerce based and WordPress based stuff. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Would you think that any part of the kind of, it's just hard on screens, you know? Yeah. Like small screens. Cause like a store, there's just, you're looking at data. Generally, if you're in the admin of a store, like you're looking at data. So yeah, you could do a quick, show me my sales for today. And that is definitely hmm. interesting. And a lot of everyone wants that. Right. And they love that. Um, but trying to go in there and like modify products and work with SKUs and, you know, other than maybe look up a quick order and issue a refund or something, it just doesn't, the experience would be slower. You know, I could do my whole job off my phone, I think, but I would work way slower than at my computer, yeah. you know? Um, so I, again, just my two cents. I don't, you know, I know there's a lot of people that really use it a lot and like it. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I mean, I don't even know, and I don't even know where my phone is half the time anyway. So unless it rings or I, <laughs> you know, have it on muted and because I, you know, the only thing I've, any relation I have with WordPress is I have the sound turned on for when somebody buys something with WooCommerce, I hear that little ka-ching type thing. Cause that's the only fun thing. To, but uh, yeah, again, I, and I, you know, I, I'm in a, a, a different demographic, so I'm not, you know, stuck on my, well, that's the, that's the other thing. I wonder if just the generational aspect of it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, Bob and I are a little bit older, especially on the tech side. So, you know, you got to wonder millennials and even younger, um, my assumption would be that they would probably default more to apps than they would, you know, going into the browser. I haven't been in the spot where it's like, okay, I need to do something with my content or do some fix or do something where I have to access it via mobile. So it's not like, you know, my preference is mobile. Obviously my preference is desktop, but, um, it's, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm at the computer all the time and the phone, basically my phone is just that it's a you know an elaborate phone and i i text and i talk on it and every once in a while if i'm out and about i'll look at something on it but um yeah he drops his new tiktok videos once yeah. a week. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's a premium membership side you gotta get into if you want to get those videos <laughs> so so something else on my mind so because uh jetpack's focus is security and and site performance i'm interested in how perhaps store admins, how much weight they put on site performance and speed and how much that affects sales and in competitive markets. And, you know, is that something you, you hear about? Yes. And how people go about that? Yes. Yeah. Performance is a big one. Um, and I think even more so this year with, with Google web vitals really, um, being a, you know, a part of, of rankings, you know, so that gave non-technical, uh, clients and store owners a very easy way to gauge like hey is my site performing kind of where it should be in google's eyes and and most sites weren't you know like so um yeah performance i think this year especially has been at the forefront of everything with our clients um more so than years past i think primarily at least for what we're seeing is from the web vitals you know and making sure they're still going to rank high and their sites perform it and fast on mobile because yeah you know more people most stores that we work with are uh mostly mobile traffic and orders, you know, it's more than 50% for most of them, which is crazy, um, which is awesome. But yeah, performance is huge and a big challenge when you have big stores, you know? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And I think it's just from, I mean, I don't have a store myself and I don't build sites, but just listening to the community, the people that I do the site, the builders and stuff. Yeah. Performance is like Brad said, it's always being talked about and it's never, you know, in fact, I think it has, and, and how you said, Brad, that it's even become more important lately. I think it's become more important to the store owners too. And they're starting to realize that, you know, how critical is as more competition gets online, as people trying to get online now and, you know, selling. And yeah, I think it's, it's even, you know, maybe before it was always important to them, but they didn't really think anything could be done or, you know, they're just like, okay, I have a site, you know, it probably performing as well as it can. But now I think it, people both on both sides are getting, you know, more aggressive with it and, and wanting it and making it a, a priority. Yeah. So um, for somebody that on the web, online all the time and stuff, and I used to ask this question all, all the time as an ending question, and I haven't done it as much, but I thought it'd be fun to ask you, is there anything you won't buy online? <laughs> Great question. Good question. Great question. Um, very few things, especially these last couple of years, obviously, with the situation, I, th I think I think it's been a lifesaver that, that you can get pretty much everything online. I think it's really interesting. I think we've gone back to the days when everything used to be delivered, right? From, you know, you, you'd perhaps you put your orders in for your groceries for everything and someone would come around in a truck and, and bring it around. And I think we've, we've gone back to that being so, so, so easy to sell everything online. I, I think it's wonderful for consumers. Um, it, it's just such a waste of, a waste of time having to go out go shopping as an event it's i find it exhausting personally doing that heading off into town uh, and I, I, li I live very remotely I, I live in a tiny little village there's no there's no shops at all um so it's a big event for me to get out so so i am cool with it the 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 only thing is buying buying clothes i wonder if that will ever be perfect online experience because you, you just have to get the sizes right. So either you have to have loads that arrives and you send them back or you just take your chances. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see if there'll be any technological improvements there, right? Um, you know, maybe Amazon, is it Amazon do some things where you can sort of envisage what, <laughs> how you're going to look in the clothes you're going to buy? I, I, I'm skeptical. Like, like augmented reality, you could yeah. you'd digitally put these pants on me and see what they look like as I walk around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they won't tell me if they're too snug, though. Yeah. But that's funny because that's actually the one thing I didn't usually buy online was clothes until this past year. And I've ordered like a bunch of pants and like stuff that I would normally go to the store for. You know, and same thing. I was like, I hope I hope these fit because I don't want to deal with the whole return. And so I went with the size I thought and they, they, they were great. They were perfect. But that's not always the case. So that's a new area for me. But yeah, I don't, you know, other than things you need to like make sure fit. I'm all for ordering everything online. Mm -hmm. I think the key is if you find a product or clothing online is that it has enough um, variations 
because I, I once I order, like if I order a pair of sweats and I think, my God, these things are the most comfortable, I hit it right on, then I'm going to go back and order that same exact size. So I hope at least there's, mm-hmm. you know, at least a, a dozen or more colors of it because, you know, pretty soon I think we'll all be wearing, you know, it'll look like we're wearing the same clothes day after day because we get so comfortable with that particular one we bought that, you know, well, why, why should I try something else now that I know that this is a perfect fit? So, mm-hmm. so that'll, that'll, that, that, that can make for interesting, um, multi-day conferences. We're starting to wonder why everybody's, you know, wearing the same clothes day after day. <laughs> and it's all sweats. Cause nobody ever leaves. We're all just wearing sweats. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really curious now, is there anything that you two would, wouldn't buy online? The biggest, the biggest thing online that usually is a uh, isn't a good option is if it's just heavy, right? Like if you're ordering something really heavy or like a vehicle. I mean, yeah, you can do it, but then you really got to factor in those costs of just the cost factor of shipping super heavy stuff. It's usually better to get local. Like I wouldn't order a big crate of like concrete or something. I'd just go to the store and get it because it would be it wouldn't be worth it <laughs> to ship it, right? It wouldn't make sense. Yeah. No, we've just we've just ordered several bags of, of concrete, huge, huge bags of, of uh, <laughs> topsoil, all, all online, yeah, all, all all delivered. I mean, it's this it's it's just the easiest way. I mean, as long as there's good options and it's not you know the price makes sense, then I'm all for it. I'll order concrete. That's fine. If <laughs> yeah, for me, it's you know I haven't done shoes yet. You know, shoes are a tough one for me, and and food, you know, perishable foods. I'm still, I mean, you know, we, we don't eat meat, so we eat lots of vegetables and fruits. So I buy, you know, I like to pick that stuff out, you know, of course, you know, other stuff processed, you know, it's pretty much standard or whatever that could be done. But since I'm going there anyway for the whatever, you know, I still doing my um, food shopping in person weekly, but, but um, yeah, I, I've, I've found I'm a lot more flexible over this last year and a half on what I'll get and that I'll, you know, if it's something even small, I'm just going to order it online. It's just easier. There's, it's a good point about anything with kind of significant variation or where you want to really be able to feel it and choose it. That, that's always a trouble, but I, I find the the experience online can just be better and more pleasing. Like yesterday, uh, I, I ordered a, a pizza oven, which is a present for my wife's birthday, Hopefully she won't listen to this before, but it, like the the the, exper- the experience of buying it was great. So I, I chose what I wanted, and then I I had in my head that there's a few little accessories that I was gonna need, uh, and it was sort of bothering me. Right, I've got to choose the right bits, uh, and and it just the the store just bundled in all the bits I had in mind, and it it knocked a bit of money off them. Something, and okay, that's good. It's probably it's probably no point going elsewhere to get a better deal because they, they've knocked a bit off. All, all in one one purchase, so I ended up spending more than I thought. But I I, I can't quibble with that. It, that that's exactly what I wanted, and it's Smart. it's just done for yeah. me like that. Yeah, it's very slick. Smart. They, I mean, they know their product better than anybody, and they know yeah. probably most most customers don't have some of the items that you mentioned, like the add-ons. You'd only have those if you already had the oven, right? So um, they're right. like upsell. Come have this nice upsell bundled up, and and we're so nice. We're even going to take a little bit of money off for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. They're they're killing it. You're right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You got to know your product and you use that to sell to your customers, right? So yeah. that's awesome. Yep. It's all convenience. Yep. Alrighty. Well, good conversation. Now we know what we 
shouldn't send each other or maybe we will send each other, but you wouldn't buy online. I'll, I'll send, I'm going to go look for some concrete bags of concrete to send to Brad right away. So, <laughs> well, Steve, excellent conversation. Really enjoyed having you on. Uh, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah. Um, uh, my email is great. Steve.ca at automatic.com. Um, I'm always there, always interested to hear how people are using the, the products and what they're doing with them. Very cool. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thank, thanks again to our two pod friends, modeeffect.com and yathemes.com. And yeah, just keep on doing the woo. And Steve, once again, thank you for taking the time. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Cheers.